Welcome back, everyone. It's Pete Van Epps with Cameron Brooks, and uh, I'm glad you've uh, tuned in for another episode of the Cameron Brooks Podcast, Above and Beyond. On this episode, I interviewed Amber McCall. Amber is a former Army Intel officer who transitioned to Ernst & Young as a senior consultant in April of 2015, and she did, and this podcast really she digs into you know kind of her role at EY and what she did for the, her first couple of years at EY and then what she did for her next couple of years at EY and you know the the place that we ultimately landed on multiple times is the idea of career management and building a professional network so i think you'll like this conversation because it naturally continues to make a point that will get you thinking about how, when, and why you should be working on building a professional network once you make the transition. So it's really interesting. It's fun, and it's also fun because she's doing a role at EY. So she started in more of a traditional role as a senior consultant in their financial practice, doing technology implementation type work for their clients, and navigated her career over to doing more operations management and leadership for a different organization, and where she'll ultimately navigate her career into doing more um, corporate responsibility and public responsibility, ideally for EY, and you'll hear that when you get into it. So she has a plan. And I think that's really important is uh, people that are stepping out from the military into corporate America and appreciating that managing your career is a big part of your success and where you go and options and, and opportunities that you seek out um, as you get moving in your career. So fun conversation with Amber. I'm really grateful that she um, she spent a couple of minutes with me. She also makes a great book recommendation that I'll put in the show notes for you. Um, just a little bit more, if you're interested to know more about who we are and what we do at Cameron Brooks, we've got a load of information on our website, Cameron-Brooks.com. Um, you can also pick up a copy of PCS to Corporate America, written by Roger Cameron, co-authored by Chuck Alvarez, our, our uh, president and CEO, and Joel Junker, our senior vice president. And uh, and so, you know, I like to say it this way, there's 80 years worth of combined officer transition experience packed into PCS Corporate America. So if you want to know more about that, go to Amazon and check it out. All right, that's all for that. Without further ado, here's Amber. All right, Amber, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Pete. Thank you for having me on. Happy to be here. I'm really excited that you're here. It's been a couple of years since you, or more than a couple at this point, it's been multiple years since you transitioned. And so you're making your way in your career and I'm excited to hear about it and for others to hear about it. So why don't we start off by just giving us the wave tops about your background, your military background specifically, where did you come from before transitioning? Yeah, so I did nearly five years in the army about four and eight-ish months um, and in the active duty army I started out as an all-source intelligence officer and um, did a little bit of work in that space at the platoon leader level um, with unmanned aerial systems and then transitioned to a more specialized intelligence role as a human intelligence officer so um, I was a human intelligence officer during my deployment to Afghanistan um, and then came back and did about another year of kind of ramp down time and recovery time coming back from deployment um, before I started getting ready to get out of the service. And that's about the time that I uh, came across you all at Cameron Brooks and started working on my transition. 
What was the driver for you, or maybe one of the primary drivers in making the decision to step out of the military? Mm, I had a, a driver that was kind of driving me without uh, me having to really decide that way. I had a few injuries that were um, not sustainable for me staying in the military too much longer. Um, yeah. So those kind of really pushed me to, to say, all right, I need to draw the line in the sand and start to look at what's next, what will be more sustainable um, physically going forward. Gotcha. Yeah. When you came to the career conference, you had 11 different companies-ish say that they were interested in pursuing you. And so I guess the first question I have for you about the transition and navigating this is, you know, when you came to the conference, what was your initial impression of, of the company, some of which I'm sure you hadn't heard of before, some of which I'm sure you had heard of before? What was your initial impression kind of walking into the conference, especially relative to all the companies you were interviewing for? Um, I would say my initial impression was that there was just such a broad range of industry and subject matter in those companies. And you're right, I hadn't heard of several of the ones that I interviewed with, but um, there were just so, so many different um, kind of specialties and disciplines involved um, in what those companies do and even within the roles themselves that we interviewed for. Um, yeah. So that was my biggest learning at the conference was really, hey, the world of possible is actually, you know, 100 times bigger than what I ever thought it was. Um, just being matched up with some of those roles as like, hey, yeah, this is really something that you could do after mm. the military. I'm looking at the I'm looking at your follow up interview schedule uh, schedule from April and May of 2015, and you received offers in team leadership, business analysis, other roles, and other companies, and you know it's pretty broad. Why did you ultimately make a decision to go to work for Ernst & Young in a consulting capacity? Yeah, it's a good question. I really wrestled with it at the time as well. Um, of course, there are a lot of factors, location and upward mobility and all that that kind of went into the decision. But I remember specifically speaking with Chuck once I felt that I had kind of come to um, some decision point, and I told him, hey, I think I could be successful at a lot of these, but I've narrowed it down to a couple, and I think at the time I was going back and forth between EY consulting and I think what you guys would call a team leadership role at Gallo uh -huh. uh, Wines, and um, what I told Chuck was, hey, I, I, I think I could do them both well. I think they'd both be interesting, but I think in three to five years, if I realize, okay, whatever I'm doing right now is not what I want to do forever, having been at EY doing the consulting work will have been um, the more fungible experience. So I felt that I could take the consulting experience and apply it to almost anything if consulting turned out not to be uh, where I wanted to stay long term. So that's what really and pushed me towards EY. I gotcha. I, uh, just for those who don't know who Chuck is, Chuck Alvarez is our president and CEO. He spends most of his days working with companies 
uh, on opportunities that come to the Camera Rooks Career Conference or sometimes vetting companies and roles if they're a new client or something along those lines. And so, but in the follow-up interview process, Chuck has a role in in helping officers navigate the complexity complexities of the different offers that they're receiving. And so back to you, Amber, when you told Chuck, like, hey, I think I'm leaning in this direction or that, how did he respond and how did that, obviously you made the decision to go to EY, but I want to I want to hear what he had to say back. Do you recall? Yeah, he definitely agreed and said, uh, you know, you're you're right in that consulting will give you kind of that breadth of experience that is, you know, applicable anywhere and that you could take anywhere um, you go. But he he did call out, you know, what was the most rewarding thing for you in your time in the army? Was it leading teams and being directly responsible for uh, for other individuals? Because if it was, then you may find that consulting is not um, as fulfilling in that regard. And I, I totally see what he's saying. You know, the the pace at which you move from one thing to the next in consulting, it's not, you don't get to take a team with you from A to Z and really see their development in a long-term manner as you would and as I would have if I had gone to the role at Gallo, which is more sure. team leadership focused. So sure. yeah, he definitely helped me see all sides of that equation. And I was, I, you know, kind of admittedly, I wanted to make a point in that, you know, I think sometimes making that decision to go, you know, with the amount of information you have, which at that point in the game was a fair amount, you'd been on a plane, they flew you out, you know, you met the whole team, saw a lot of different companies, but even in the decision-making process, I think Chuck has a good ability to not convince you to do something, but or people to do something, but see see the op opportunity from multiple facets in order to make a good decision. So thank you for letting me walk down that road. And so uh, if you would, it, most people I'm sure have at least heard of Ernst & Young because of the kind of global nature of the organization, but, but you know, ballpark, what do you guys do? What does your company do? Yes, I think Ernst & Young has a, uh, a reputation for being more of one of the traditional accounting firms and in the last two decades really they've made a, a pivot towards not away from accounting but really um, to encompass a whole lot of other specialties in professional services and specifically in financial services and so at EY in financial services consulting that's where I sit uh, I'm specifically involved in technology uh, consulting. So with financial services consult or clients, excuse me, things like banks, insurance firms, wealth asset management firms, um, taking in technology solutions to help them modernize and kind of adapt to the competitive landscape which is, uh, you know, changing in the world of technology all the time. So um, something that most people don't know, but, um, yeah, within EY's consulting uh, arm, the financial services uh, technology consulting is very much um, growing, and and I expect in the years to come it will just continue to to be a big market driver for them. So when you when you started at EY, right? You stepped out of the army. You started at EY. Were you in the financial services and specifically working on, you know, the the technology and 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 technology solutions for that industry? Is that where you started? 
Yep, that's exactly right. I started okay, out so, at a bank. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I you go ahead. I actually make that point, and then I've got a, 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 a follow-on question relative to that. Okay. Yeah, so when I started um, my first couple of weeks at EY, I had some training, and then I was assigned to a, a financial services client, which was a global banking institution. And so I would show up every day to the bank with my small team from EY, and we were working on um, a large technology implementation there. Gotcha. When, when you showed up, were you were you on the we you know they'd already decided to move with the technology, they'd agreed to kind of move forward, and you were just in the implementation phase, um, or were you a little bit more upstream than that? Uh, I showed up right after. They had done kind of a comparative vendor analysis and had selected the technology they were going forward with. So I showed up gotcha. right at the beginning of implementation. Yep. Okay. So here's my question. So mm -hmm. you are a Russian major from Cornell. You have <laughs> some internship experience at a construction company. You were a UAE, you know, unmanned aerial vehicle platoon leader, human intelligence, brigade intel, like. And I don't see anything in your resume that tells me that you would be a fit for technology implementation in the financial sector. Now, obviously, you've been successful and since moved on to other great, bigger and better things at EY. But why in the world would someone with a resume that doesn't fit with technology implementation in financial sector and consulting, how did that work and why have you been <laughs> successful? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so where can I start with this? Um, <laughs> uh, just, just, just personally, I th this is another reason that I went for the job at EY is because um, the idea of working with technology, I I had you know had to learn things quickly in the army, especially with the um, UAVs, and that was kind of a technical project. Um, but I was interested in technology primarily because exactly as you're saying, I'd never really had any formal training in anything technical, um, nothing having to do with software implementation or development or kind of the business aspect of, you know, the change involved in implementing um, a software solution, anything like that. So it's interesting to me. Um, and that combined with EY uh, being willing to take a chance on me, I said, okay, I could figure this out. Like, I'm going to have a steep learning curve, but we're going we're gonna to do it. It's going to happen. I'm going to figure it out. So I think what made me successful in that first uh, client engagement is a little bit, again, a little bit of both, a little bit of my um, kind of willingness to put myself out there, much like I did in my first days as a second lieutenant, and say to consultants who are younger than me and more junior than me, but no more of the technical knowledge because they've been there and done that, and learn from them every day on the job. And then a little bit of the other side of my team, um, kind of knowing my background and being um, accepting and accommodating of that. And also, you know, just being willing to, to flex my strengths where I could. Um, when did you, okay, so you're on your first client engagement, you're, you've got humility, and learning agility and that you're learning from people who may you may quote outrank although you may not say it that way anymore but yeah. who have more experience than you so you've got that you've got that humility and learning agility going you're finding where you can 
bring value to the organization based on your knowledge and experience at that point in the game. When did you feel like, okay, not that I've arrived, hopefully, you know, for development candidates, we never really feel like, oh, I've arrived. But when did you feel like, okay, I, I, I feel pretty good about what's going on, where I can, you know, what I'm doing, how I can really take control from a leadership perspective. Like, when did that happen for you relative to the first day on the job? Hmm. I would say it took about a year. I mean, I was, as you're, as you're alluding to, I was technically in a position of some sort of leadership and authority over some of the more junior consultants on the team. And in some respect, I was leading them, um, you know, from a project management uh, standpoint, I would say. Yeah. But, yeah, um, yeah I would say it was about a year before I really felt like, okay, I have the technical know-how to, um, you know, give give direction and guide the team forward. I have the kind of reputation here with the client where they trust that I either know what I'm talking about or I'm going to go figure it out. Um, and then, you know, with superiors at EY, I also have their trust that, you know, they don't need to have such close oversight over me and they can kind of feel okay leaving and, you know, knowing that I'm working with the team and that we're going to be successful. I'd say it's about a year. Okay, that's good. Um, is that, do you think that's a short amount of time, a long amount of time, or is that about right, would you say? Um, I don't know. I I think uh, just being a little bit self-critical, I think it, it felt like a long time. Um, just because the technical you know, you're learning like a technical system, right? A, a software, you're learning about the software development life cycle. And then on top of that, this completely new landscape of being in the bank and learning about mm -hmm. the reporting mm -hmm. that they do and the way they classify their data and just what every word means. Um, I would say it felt like a long time and it felt like a steep curve for a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was good for me. I think it was a good um, challenge up front, and it kept me really engaged and really, um, I don't know, just kind of striving for the next thing and questioning and curious. And I think all of those things really helped me to, you know, learn more than I would have if I had gone to something that I was really comfortable with, like team leadership or something like that. We know that when you, and my experience would certainly validate this, we know that when you start, when someone starts a new role like this, you know, there's a honeymoon phase of everything's new and exciting and, you know, you're not doing what you were doing previously and you're never going to deploy again if you're not in the reserves, things like that. And so, and that feels really good. There's something, you know, magical even about that. But there's a point in time where the honeymoon's over and it's like, okay, now I'm just getting after it. Did you ever have a point in time in that first year, perhaps when you were thinking, oh gosh, I'm not sure I made the right decision or uh, you know, I'm second guessing some parts of what I'm doing here. Did that ever creep up? Um, not in the first year. I would say at the end of the second year is where that sort of creeped up and it coincided with, you know, I spent two years on this big, long implementation um, which I think because it was, you know, kind of a long time, it gave me 
a very broad base in that technology. And for me, that was really useful. Some folks who come into consulting really like jumping around every few months. But for me, because of the learning curve, I really enjoyed staying on this one thing and building the knowledge over that time. But when that uh, project came to an end, I, I remained on that same account. So I stayed at the same client and rolled to um, a new thing that was just uh, lackluster, I guess, is a good word for it. I mm. I wasn't interested in it. It wasn't um, inspiring for me at all. And that's kind of when I I got that feeling of, okay, I finished my first really cool project. I met really awesome people. I learned a lot. Um, what's next? This, this next thing doesn't seem really like what I want to be doing. So, yeah, about the end of the second year. So that was two over two years ago now, and so, um, you know, ha- what happened? You know, keep how did what what where'd you go with that? Um, so at the end of that second year, I actually started. Well, not started, but I kind of re-engaged networking um, outside of that account. I think being in that one client, I had gotten a little bit comfortable with the teams that were there and with, you know, just working with the EY professionals that were there. And when I got to that point of being uh, kind of ready for the next thing, I reached out to some folks that I had met through other initiatives um, in the firm and said, hey, here's here's what's going on. I here's what I think, here's what I feel about it, I don't want to stay on this thing, what do you think? And just like bouncing ideas off of them. Um, senior, More senior managers, even some folks at like the director level who had been mentors to me and just kind of gut checking like, hey, is this reasonable or am I, am I just being a diva, you know? Like, what do you think? And they're like, no, it's totally reasonable. Like, you don't want to, um, you know, remain on something that, that you're not going to bring your best self to because it's you know not challenging you or it's not you know what you're interested in and through that process I I heard about a couple of new opportunities some on other client accounts moving to um, you know doing similar technology stuff out of their clients and then uh, one which is a more internal role is what I do now um, which is operations and I think that was a really important time to kind of just level set what I was going through with others at the firm and um, kind of feel out what other people's journeys had been like, especially people who are not veterans. These are like more legacy EY folks or people who had come to EY after being in the industry. Um, and yeah, during during that whole process of um, kind of talking to these mentors and peers is when I found out about this new opportunity that I ended up taking. I want to hear about that. I um, I just want to make a, a point. You know, I talk about control over your career and managing your career. And I think in my experience, and it sounds like at least to a degree in your experience, the professional network that you that you build and the people that you talk to, not necessarily to go do a different job or do, you know, go into a different role in the organization, but just to seek guidance and mentorship and direction and advice and opinion, all of those things, um, the more that you can engage your, you know, your organization and leaders within your organization, especially that are 
that have seen more than you, that are further along in their careers than you, that, that trust you and you them. I mean, I, I'm thinking about, I'm, I see some faces in my head right now of people that I really leaned on for guidance and mentorship that have really helped me make career-oriented decisions. And I think that's the that's the hard thing in the, in the army and in the military. You've got an individual or a group of people managing your career, telling you where to go, working on promotions, you know, doing all those things. But as, as you're talking about, Amber, in corporate America, your development is on you. I mean, you could have just sat there and been like, well, I don't really like this project, but I guess this is the way it works. But you proactively made some appointments, made some phone calls, had a couple cups of coffee, and all of a sudden you're exploring different opportunities. And that, in my mind, is required for, um, for healthy career development and management. Thoughts on that? I definitely agree. Um, and I, I actually, looking back, I, I agree with you. I didn't think about it at the time, being in the military, how kind of proactively you are managed up or to the side or wherever you're going next. Um, and in the civilian world, and especially in consulting, I I haven't been in industry, but I will say I, I feel like in consulting, there is a lot of space. So there's a lot of space um, to kind of float along, as you say, and just kind of let things happen and let the assignments happen and see where things go. Um, but there also is space enough to, you know, program networking and program, you know, just informal catch-ups with people into your days. And that has been very helpful for me. I mean, I, I would never have found out about uh, kind of this opportunity that I'm still doing now after two years if it hadn't been for uh, for that and for just being able to reach out to others and, and talk through um, my concerns and kind of the future and what was possible. But yeah, I think it's very important. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I, got, I realized I had gotten kind of comfortable at that client account. Um, and this is the thing about consulting, you don't go to home office unless you have to, so you can, you can stay at your client site with your team and get kind of insulated into that bubble. Um, and that was one thing I realized I needed to continually cultivate and maintain those relationships with folks, even who weren't working with me day to day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so that if I, if I got to a point where I needed some advice or whatever, they would be there and, right. you know, those relationships would be present. It's just a real, and I, maybe the word that I want to key on that you, you said there, and we can move on to a different topic, but the word proactive or being proactive about career management. And, you know, it's not something that someone who's transitioning after the first, you know, in the first year of the transition needs to necessarily be, you know, all worried about, but they're, they're absolutely, in my mind at least, needs to be a conscious, conscientious or concerted effort to develop relationships in order to help with career management as time goes on. Uh, let me let me change gears on you here real quick. So tell, would you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now or what you've been doing for over a year now as an operations manager? What does that mean? Yeah, so I have been since this would be September of 17, so just about two years. Okay, great. Um, I have, yeah, I've been doing... Um, a more internal facing operations role. So I'm still 
technically a client server at any time they could tell me, hey, we need you at this client account, you're going to this account or whatever. Um, I'm not like an internal uh, person, but I'm in this yep. kind of space where I'm on the client side, but I'm doing internal stuff. And it actually has been really helpful. It gives me like a unique perspective um, about kind of the processes and the struggles that the client serving teams go through to sell work okay. um, and get a team mm -hmm. on the ground and um, get through financials of the engagement and what have you. Um, so what I've been doing is I work specifically with a technology practice, and that's what the kind of small departments are called at EY's practices. And okay. this is a a brand new practice that was growing when I joined them in um, September of 17 from about 15 people to now about 90 people in the U.S. and about 150 people beyond that across the globe. So it's, um, I can't speak specifically to what they do, but uh, they're client serving Client serving consultants who have special uh, specialty in certain technology skills, and yep. um, it's really helping them to stand up and grow their group uh, very quickly while establishing some operational discipline um, mm. to make sure that they can anticipate um, demand in the market, make sure that they can maintain their skills, gain new ones to stay kind of on the cutting edge. Um, and then also when they go deliver client work to ensure that the quality of delivery is high and to uh, the client's expectation and ensure that the project itself is profitable. So, so that's are kind you, of in a nutshell. Are you the one of the people or the person doing, you know, kind of the operational discipline and management thereof? I mean, is that is that your day-to-day, -day, would you say? Yeah, I would. So... EY has um, internal disciplines that uh, kind of carry out different functions like recruiting full-time employees, contracting um, with external parties, deployment of resources to individual projects, um, HR, all these functions. I basically sit in the middle of all of them, bringing gotcha. all of them together for this uh support of this particular group yeah gotcha um very interesting because that feels a lot more like some of the experience you had in the as an intel officer you've certainly had the the consult consultative function but this feels a lot more know, regimented that's probably not the right word but a little bit more along the lines of perhaps things you've done in the military or yeah closer to that but is that true yeah, I would definitely say it's true. Um, it's more, it's it's less like heavy technology focused. If I had remained in the client serving role, I would still be, well, doing kind of what the folks who I support do, uh, continually right. specializing in a tech um, and in growing a client account. But I, I like this more because it's. Um, I I don't know. It's a little more complicated, if that makes sense, because okay. it's not it's not like learn the tech, implement the tech, please the client. It's right. it's it's more on the other side of the the business, which is mm -hmm. continually changing, just like the client landscape is. Um, and so it's challenging. It's 
it's super challenging kind of bringing all of the different parties together, um, understanding what we have to do. That's like half the battle. What is like, what do we have to do to get ahead of X, Y, Z problem um, and moving everybody in the same direction. And it, it's actually, you're right. It's similar to some of the stuff that I did um, in the military. Maybe that's why it feels familiar and I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's but, really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I, I wish you could tell us more about it. I, I, one, you can't just because it's your business, but two, we probably don't have enough time. But I think that people would be very interested. I think it's just interesting that that you know a, a lot of people probably don't appreciate that moving from the role that you were doing, which was you know client facing account management, being with the client, you know day in and day out kind of deal, and the implementation of the technology, to now doing more of the operations management and leadership. I I don't even. And I have, maybe that's not a, a prescribed path. I have no idea, but I'm sure people don't even realize that that that's a place you could go. And so the bigger point I want to make in all of this, again, and I've already made it once, but the point is, you you for those who are listening, you just have so much more control over your career because there's so many things you can do with the skills that you bring to the table, and then the skills you develop once you're at the table combined with the network that you're building to manage your career. And it feels like a lot of this is where this conversation is going, just a big career management conversation. Because the next question I want to ask Amber, and we were having a a catch-up conversation just because we hadn't chatted in a number of years since really since you transitioned, is kind of what you're working on and what you're doing. And you had mentioned you're you're in a master's program, thinking a little bit more long-term. I'd love to just hear a little bit more about that. What uh, what program are you doing? Why did you choose to do it? And what is that going to potentially render down the road? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so on top of working full-time, I'm doing a nighttime master's in public administration, um, so like the MBA for the public sector uh, at NYU at night. It keeps me very busy, but I'm enjoying it. And I think um, it's it seems like an, an unconventional choice, and a lot of folks that I've talked to about that have said, oh, that's really interesting. Why are you doing that? Um, I love EY. I love the firm. I intend to stay long-term, um, but I think with moving forward, I ultimately, somewhere down the line, probably years down the line, I ultimately want to get back um, into doing day-to-day work that has a little more tangible impact um, on the public. And so the the MPA program is really kind of a long-term play um, to eventually, hopefully, get into uh, the corporate responsibility arm of EY. Um, and every every large firm has something like this, some sort of social responsibility initiative that they do. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of intersection at that, um, you know, at that point between the private firm and the public entities that they work with to make uh, community impact. And so that's ultimately where I'm hopeful to end up. That's good. Um yeah, that's just really neat. Do you know anyone that's doing that type of work at EY right now? Have you been able to make any any connections? Yeah, I do actually have uh, one friend who I worked with um, on my very first client, actually, who kind of got the itch to go that direction uh, much earlier than I did. And to be fair, she'd been at EY um, 
her entire career. And so by the time she was ready to kind of make the pivot from client serving to the corporate responsibility uh, wing, she she was there about six years at the firm. So she's over there now and um, really helping to kind of scale some of the existing programs they have from local to global, which is really interesting. So I'm pretty tied in with her as they as they progress over there. Good. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna kind of land the plane here. I want to ask you a couple of questions <laughs> that we like to ask uh, sure. officers, just to, or former officers working in business. I guess the first question is, you know, if you were going, and this may be a hard question to answer, but if you were going to give one piece of advice to those that are managing their transition, looking at transition, considering the, their options as they they look to the future. What's uh, what's one thing you'd tell them? Mm, that's a really tough question. Um, <laughs> I would say I, I I I hate to harp on the same thing that we'd already been discussing, but I would say it's very important within your within your company or within your industry wherever you do go. Um, to find people that you can lean on and not mm-hmm. not from a perspective of, you know, people that you can use, so to speak, but um, people who you get along with and who you can trust to kind of give you an honest opinion. I think it's not only important at your company, um, it's important outside your company as well, and that's been something that's super helpful um, to me, whether it's peers or people who are more senior um, to just have those people that you can reach out to and talk to. And I mean, they, they benefit from the relationship as well. It's not a, a one-way thing, but um, yeah, at the risk of repeating everything we've been talking about, I still think that's the most important thing because wherever you land up, you, you know, you may find it's not the right fit or something and you're going to need to be able to reach out to people as you try to think about pivoting or, you know, think about growing your skill set and, you know, what's next. Um, yeah. But if you like what you're doing, you you still need those people too because you can get comfortable and you can get, um, you know, kind of stuck <laughs> even yeah. when you like what you're doing. And I think yeah. it's just super important to have those uh, those folks around you. I'm actually glad that you, that's the advice that you gave. I, I like it because it's an exclamation point on what we've been talking about. I will say in my own experience, every promotion I took at J&J prior to working at Cameron Brooks, every, every promotion I took started with a phone call, started with a dialogue with someone in the organization outside of kind of my direct you know, folks that I was working with. And so I, I just think it's so important because um, – because again, in the military, we don't have to manage our careers. We have a branch manager or a detailer or whatever branch of service you're in. You've got a group of individuals or a person that's plugging you in places where you're going to go, and maybe you have a little bit of a say, but not really. And so it's just because it's not a natural function of career management in the military, I think it's just a really, really important point to make, and I'm really glad you made it. And I'm going to, you know, as I start thinking about how I'm going to you know, intro this podcast and write write a little blurb on it. It's going to be on a on a very you know kind of thematic issue of net you know building a network and managing your career. So it's all really good. All right. So my last question to you is: I know you're in your master's program, so this may be an exceptionally hard question because of all the 
or maybe the lack of discretionary time you have right now, but um, if you were going to give a resource, whether it be a book or a blog or a podcast or a or a whatever, you know, could you give something, uh, some resource to those that are you know looking to learn more about consulting or about transitioning or really about whatever? What are you uh, What are you listening to or reading right now outside of your master's program? I wouldn't say a resource to learn more about consulting, but I will make a book recommendation. Um, I recently read a book called Blind Spot. It is by a woman by the name of Mazarin Banaji, um, and she is incredible. She came to one of our um, EY Milestones events, actually, which is what they send you to when you get promoted and she spoke there and um of course after having listened to her speak i had to go pick up the book but right. it's uh it's very interesting it's about inclusive leadership which i think has application um in any industry and in any type of firm um but very interesting she's done a lot of research about uh kind of the subconscious brain and implicit uh bias in ways that people treat each other based on a lot of things that they don't even realize um, are at play under the surface. And um, I think especially in, you know, the the modern climate that we're in, where there is a lot of focus on diversity and inclusion, um, this is a very good, uh, good book to kind of get the research (laughs) behind all of that. And, um, very, very thought-provoking book, so highly recommend it. It's called Blind. Fantastic, Talk. yeah. I'll yeah. I'll, uh, I'll put a uh, a link to it in the in the write-up or in the notes here. Cool. Well, Amber, this has been helpful helpful for me just to kind of learn more about. Uh, you know, I'm always looking for to deepen my knowledge about different companies and career fields, et cetera. And even though EY is a long-standing client of ours, this conversation has certainly allowed me to develop a deeper knowledge about uh, your company and ways to navigate and things of this nature. So I'm grateful for you spending a couple of minutes with us here today. I'm excited to get this out to the public and let them hear more about who you are and what you're doing. So thank you very much for your time today. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Pete, for having me.